Hey, Rage. How's it going, dude? All right. It's been a while. Yeah. This band's my favorite. Don't you love them? Yeah, it's going to be the best. I'm so stoked. Hey, girl. You want a beer? All right. Aw, man. This is the best. I'm so glad we're all back together and stuff. This is great. Hey, um, do you guys know about the party after the show? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go, but um, my friends don't really want to go. Can I get a ride? Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Weezer. My name is Rachel. Before we get going, let me tell you a little bit about our podcast. We're a podcast about Weezer. So if you're not into them, this might not be for you. My co-host Julia and I pick a Weezer song. We research the crap out of it. Sometimes we even go to like page 12 on Google, which is, you know, really far. We find a bunch of interesting fun facts and then we tell you all about it. We rate the song with our special rating system and sometimes we have a segment, a fun segment, a guest host, it might be Weezer News. The possibilities are endless. Welcome to episode 38, which is our third part of our Carl interview, but hopefully it's not the last that we see of him. We were very, very honored to have Carl Cook on our show, and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. I know I did. Carl, I just wanted to say that I think you're an incredible photographer, um, an excellent dad, and overall a wonderful human being. Uh, Both times that I've met you were great experiences. Uh, You were super nice and very welcoming, and as a new Weezer fan, I really appreciated that. Um, And I think uh, you're an awesome representative for Weezer and the Weezer fan club, and we we love everything that you do for us, um, and it's definitely appreciated. So I just wanted to wish you and your family a very happy Christmas and a wonderful New Year's. I'll talk to you later, hopefully. Okay, so questions that I asked you at the forum, Carl's Corner, that you answered quickly, but then I was like, oh, I don't want to take up too much of Carl time. I'll ask you here so that everyone can kind of have some more, I don't know. (laughs) So are you guys close outside of work? Do you get together and like all all of your kids like BFFs and (laughs) play in the backyard while you have beer inside and play Dungeons and Dragons? (laughs) Well, yes and no. There's there's a dynamic to it because, because I don't live in LA and everybody else pretty much does. The only time my kid sees anybody else's kids is, well, we did it on this last tour in the summer. And my kid and Pat's little toddler got along famously. It was quite an adventure, and it was cool. And we hope that they hang out again. Like, we're, we'll, you know, we want to actually go out there and visit again when we have a chance. As for uh, the other guys in the band and their kids, 
they don't often see each other outside of like touring. Again, Pat lives kind of far from LA and then, mm-hmm. you know, Scott has his, has his two kids and Rivers has his two kids, but, um, Rivers is, again, his schedule and, and the way his family works, it's like they don't see a lot of other people um, that, I, that I know. I mean, not, you know, they, I'm sure they'd see other people, but so I don't. He doesn't keep them locked up in the right, attic. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they, have, they have social lives, but um, I don't know how much, you know, outside of work, I don't know how much they're really hanging out. And again, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you've got your different circles, you know, and like Weezer is such a mm-hmm. family that's like everybody's like, I may not see you for three months, but we're gonna hang out again. Don't worry about it. It's like it's it's very casual in that sense. Like nobody's like, you know, dude, when are we gonna see you again? It's like whatever. Like you know, we'll see you in October when we go to Spain or whatever. Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so everybody's raising their kids and they're going to school and they're doing all this stuff. So it's like. You know, LA is hard enough to get people to like go from point A to point B because everything takes an hour to get everywhere. So it's like, are you going to like, hey, let's have a play date? It's like, well, now everybody's like, you know, they're all those kids are like, you know, six and eight and stuff and 10. And it's like, they all got their own sets of friends in school and stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. But when there's tours and the families unite, everybody likes each other and everybody hangs out and it's fun. It's cool. Like, it's not like anybody's like, oh, you know, that's that kid, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, they all know each other. And, you know, my kid's a toddler, so except for Pat's little toddler and his, you know, his two kids, who are so nice. His older two boys are so nice. They're, they're great kids. They're they, 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 fantastic kids. So they were really sweet to, my, to my, my boy, and that was really nice. So, yeah, I mean, that's about as, as far as I can really take it. I don't know. It's like it's kind of it's oddly fractured in a sense, but in the other sense, when everybody's together, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're hanging out. It's like there's absolutely no awkwardness at all. It's just like, yep, yep mm-hmm. we're all together. Here we are again. I just think I had like this, like, you know, like a movie in my head where everyone's BFF and like wearing aprons and <laughs> no, it's not, the kids are playing. It's and, not so much I don't know. that, but I, I... But it is like BFFs. Sort just, of. Because that's is. how it is when you have a best friend. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not, every time yeah. you get together, it's fine. Yeah. You're not like making a big deal out of it. It's just like, hey, here we are. Yeah. it's, it's um, I, I, Does anyone call you Uncle, Uncle Carl? <laughs> No, no, I have not been called, <laughs> not by them. I've been called Uncle Carl by other friends' kids, but not Weezer guys' friend kids. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it's because, you know, these, it's like to them, it's like, oh, here's that old guy. Who is he? You know, like they don't see me in six months. And, oh, they're, oh, but they all know my name. Like, 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 like Scott's kids are like, you know, Carl, when they see me the first time, like they know. <laughs> um, maybe Scott's talking me up to them or something. I don't know. And of course, Pat's <laughs> kids, I've, I've hung out the most with Pat's. I've stayed at his house a bunch of times. Like the, his kids know me pretty well. And Rivers' kids, I'm sure know who I am, but they're, you know, I don't, I, the way I don't see Rivers, nobody sees Rivers that much socially. You don't see his kid. They see his kids the least too, even when they're on tour. Like they always have something, some, some scheduled. So, you know, they're, they're nice, you know, they, they smile, like they say hi, but it's like, you know, they don't, they're not going to be like, Hey Carl, let's, you know, let's do this or let's do that. Like we don't really do a whole lot of stuff in that way. <laughs> also probably because you're busy when you see them. Well, also everybody's or... busy, you know, everybody's got these different schedules and it's like, you know. I'm, I'm running around Plus doing Plus they're stuff. kids. So they're like, uh, okay, well, exactly. where's the cartoons? And now, yeah, exactly. And now they get older, <laughs> old, now they get a little bit older and like, you know, like, like River's daughter is like, she's, she's like, she has her head in a book and she's like, you know, leave me alone. You know, it's like, like she's like a classic 10 year old. It's like, you know, like, like, you know, it's not bothering me. Like, like whatever dad exactly. and dad's friends. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> so it's hilarious. 
so this next one, the world wants to know why why is Brian still single? Mm. Is he dating anyone? Can you tell us? I all I know is once in a while he'll be like, oh, he'll mention he a girlfriend, but it doesn't seem to last terribly long. Like sometimes it's like he'll he'll mention the same girl for like a few months or whatever, and sometimes he'll bring a girl around on tour for a couple days, and other times it seems like you know that one seems to be gone now and I don't know what happened. And so I don't know. I don't really know how to comment because I don't really know if he's, I think he's kind of, he either enjoys being a bachelor or he's scared to not be a bachelor. It's it's, or maybe some combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think he'd like people to think he's enjoying being a bachelor and I'm sure he is to some degree, but I think he's also been reluctant to take another step. Maybe just because, Oh, has he had like has he had a heartbreak before? I don't know if he's had a heartbreak or not. I mean, he's had breakups. That'll do it. He's had breakups, but I don't know how hard they were emotionally because you know he he's keeps private about that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just been that he's continued to be single, and sometimes he has a girlfriend, and sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so are you going to put your cool Carl's Corner stuff in and like create a Weezer museum and do that catalog thing like a like a time capture device too? video capture device? Well, to unpack that, um, I feel like the only real museum that's going to happen is the, the tour one this spring. But down the road, I think the, the the thing that makes the most sense to me is to do some kind of a book because I can't. I'm not going to create some kind of physical space and call it a Weezer Museum. Um, it's that would be <laughs> Come on. like that would be neat, but you know it's it's unlikely. But I I think I could reach a lot more people that would care with something you could you know a book you could get. So that's mm-hmm. in my mind. I think I should do that, but uh, it's not in the works right now. And the, as for another DVD, I've always wanted to do another one. I've wanted to do a whole series of them. Really, there's certainly enough footage to do that. But there isn't much interest in terms of like what label and management want to do. It's really not in the radar. So I did a lot of gathering for a couple of years and I filled up hard drives full of stuff like this should all be part of this. It should all be part of this. And I never got past that organizational stage because when I got to the point of like, hey, can we do this? It was like, mm, not now. <laughs> so I don't view it as impossible, but it's definitely not in the radar at this point. Um, it's just, and but I have all the stuff to do it. You know, if I just had time, oh, people want, if I had time, people and, want that. If I had time and like a technical assistance to make it happen, and obviously a budget, yeah, it would happen. It's just I don't know when that's going to happen. And think of all the cool, like it could be so much more. Because when when did you do that first one, or when did it come out? That came out in two thousand four, I believe. Yeah. So like totally. Like you could you got everything do some from cool make believe stuff. on that's that you got everything from make believe on that's not been archived in any way. It's a lot. Plus there's stuff from before wow. that that was not on the first DVD that was still cool that didn't make it to the first DVD. And a lot of stuff that's surfaced since then that I didn't shoot that's like, wow, this is cool too, you know. People would want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just in one place. I mean, on one's hands, I understand where labels come from. It's like they're like, look at YouTube. Anything you want to find is probably there. But that's not actually true. It's just and plus, a lot of times it's like, well, it's degraded with where's a nice copy of this thing that's all crappy on YouTube? Like, where, you know, I, right. I, I see the demand. I understand the demand, but I also see the point of view of labels. It's like these things just don't sell. 
Well, they sell. They just don't sell in millions of numbers. <laughs> Immediately. Right, I think, right, right. I think you, yeah, you would totally, I don't know for the, I don't know if you guys have a measurement for like hardcore fans, but pretty sure you would totally sell out on something like a DVD that wouldn't be that expensive, well, you know, the to other, sell. I agree. And, and the thought of it for a, while, for a while was like, why don't we go like, why don't we go like, uh, you know, lo-fi packaging like the way we did those audio bootleg CDs? You know, mm-hmm. like if people just want the material, why don't we just put it together and make a basic cardboard booklet for it and put it out? And then you can put out another one next year and put out another one the year after that. And that was the talk for a little while. And I was like, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then nothing. <laughs> it would probably be easier for you because then you could do like little pieces at a time instead well, again, of having yeah, like this it, giant it does, thing. It could be like more of an anthology than a, you know, this is an end all be all statement. Like, like what if you miss something? Oh, damn, I should have been in there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did a series, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. Like a video, Carl, Carl Zine. Exactly. Video we Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it, that's in my mind. It's not on the drawing board currently, but I will definitely do that if the opportunity happens. The people want it. I understand. Um, and I, I, want, I want it too. I mean, this, you know, like who <laughs> crush, you know, come on. Like why should all this stuff be sitting in like, you know, uh, uh, some, you know, eight terabyte hard drives I got, you know, sitting on my desk. It's like, it could be, it could be out there. Well, and also like they're, they're putting out California snow. So, you know, they're like doing that kind of media now, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. I don't know, why not rockumentary or. Or, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So, curious if Pat really came up with the idea to move forward with Africa, because I think that that's what was said. Mm. But Well, when the, I, what I, the, I can answer that question, but I have to sort of put it in context. Obviously, when the girl originally put up those posts, we were totally unaware of it for at least a couple of months. Like, it was just like... A lot of people put a lot of stuff on the internet. You don't really pay attention to it all. And mm-hmm. then it seemed to gain traction. There's retweets and this and that. And, and that, I know somewhere in there is when Pat was like, hey, that's cool. And, and you know, retweeted her or answered her or whatever. Now, that didn't mean it was going to happen. That just meant Pat was being like, that's neat. I like that. You know, good idea, girl. You know, mm-hmm. somehow in a conversation with management, Pat mentioned this or somehow it got mentioned to them. As, and not in a like, hey, we got to do this, but like, you know, you know what people are asking us to do? You know, can you believe this? <laughs> and their head manager is uh, a man uh, who goes by the moniker JD. His name is Jonathan Davis or something Davis, I think. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. I'm spacing out. But he's a super nice guy, and he's very smart. And usually when he says, you should do this or do that, he's almost always right. It seems like, you know, he, he has a very good track record for like having good ideas and or or or, tell, or guiding the band toward a song they should try or, or, or you know, right direction. Yeah, he's very good at that. So I think J.D. molded that over and eventually got back to Pat. It's like, you know, you should try that. You should. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that suggestion seriously. You should try that. And that's how it started. It was eventually, you know, studio time was booked and Pat was put in charge. And that's how it happened. So I guess the answer is yeah, Pat pushed to make it happen, but I didn't I didn't I think he was surprised when the answer came back. It actually go ahead. did. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he didn't think like this is too crazy for people to actually say yes to, but they did. You know, and and when JD says yes to something, 
people take notice because he's very smart. I mean, the man is almost always right. So he did all of like the the behind the scenes work on it too, like the production stuff. Pat. Pat. Yes, Pat was the producer of that and the Rosanna, and uh, I think very they cool. they picked him because Pat has a a huge history with like classic rock. Like he knows what stuff is supposed to sound like, especially from that time period. And his his ears are amazing. Like when he's in a studio and he says this is what you should, how you should mix something. It's like, Oh, he's always got a, a sense of what the, it should sound like. And so they just let him run with it. Cause it was like, we didn't know what this is, what's going to happen with this song. It might go nowhere. So yeah, go ahead, Pat, see what you can do and <laughs> do it up. Yeah. And it, he did. <laughs> and that's what happened. And so, he, yeah, they did such a good job. And, 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 you know, Pat was proud and pleased that it did so well, it, but everybody, including him was shocked that it did so well as well. Cause nobody expected <laughs> that. It really was, it was just to be like a fun promotional thing at the start of that tour. It wasn't like supposed to be a thing. So it really took off and it was, it was gratifying. It was cool. It was cool. It did that. Well, even Toto liked it. Exactly. And got they loved it. something out of the deal. So it. that's good. They absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what went into them choosing Hashpipe and all that stuff? Like, did you no. guys talk to them about that at all? They, I think they were in, they were in touch, but they weren't like, nothing was like signed off on or approved. They were just like, we're going to do one of your songs, man. This is so rad. And it was like, okay, okay, <laughs> go ahead. And then so they did. Aww. Yeah. They were just like super excited. That's really cute. And there, you could tell that they were like, they felt special that you guys are doing that. Cause well, when I saw them, I think it, I keep calling him Jimmy Fallon, but I think it was Jimmy Kimmel when I saw them there and the guy came out. The guy from Toto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like rocked out for a little while. Right, right. Um, you could tell he was like, this is my song. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, Well, I mean, again, like cool. they, they were in, they're in a situation where like they still tour and stuff. But like as far as having a new new audience, like that's like really exciting. You know, when you're like 60 plus and you're in a band, it's like, wow, like people care, you know. <laughs> this song is 35 oh, yeah. years old. Well, I'm glad people still, I mean, I know people cared, but yeah. I think it's nice that like they're getting like a new little surge. Mm-hmm. Totally. And Weezer can facilitate that, then that's cool. Yeah, no, it's really neat. Because those two songs are classic. I mean, who doesn't love them? And I love the the spin that Rivers does with um, Rosanna. Yeah. Just like the little tweaks to Mm -hmm. make it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And, um, but not. Some people people say that one turned out. Some people said that one turned out better. And you might be right. I don't know. I think they're equally just as good. And I I don't want to say like I prefer. Weezer's Africa, but I definitely I hear it everywhere now. Like mm-hmm. I was shopping oh, and I yeah. was like, "There's, there's like grandmothers. This is Weezer's there's Africa. like friends of mine's grandmothers. <laughs> that are like, oh Weezer, I heard this song. It's like <laughs> they never talk about Weezer, so it definitely got a pretty big impact. Yeah, it's a thing now. Yeah, yeah. And people that they're like, oh, I have something to talk to you about. You're the Weezer person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else meditate besides rivers? Like, do you mm-hmm. guys get into that stuff or? Nobody no- does that I know of. I don't think so. When he was starting, we all kind of tried it with him a little bit just to, you know, he was like, you've got to try this out. And I actually went to a couple sort of personal lessons he took back when he was living in this like really austere apartment that had almost nothing in it at the time. And he was like living really basically when he was first getting into it. And this yoga master guy would come over and do a guided meditation that included yoga. And he's like, you should try it. So I came over and did it a few times and I, I really dug it. It was really cool. It was a, it was interesting because you were both doing these yoga poses and like then settling down into like a, you know, a 
a, sit, a seated position and, and meditating and like trying to get everything out of your mind. And it really worked. It was really, really fascinating. But is it like a diet or like working out where you're like, I like it, but I don't do it as much as I yeah, should? Yeah, I do or... see. I totally see the value in it. I mean, it is good. And you come out of it like feeling like, you know, much fresher and feeling like, you know, things that were on your mind, you, you can process much easier, but it, you have to stick with it. And I just didn't because mm-hmm. I was just experimenting and, you know, just rivers and vitamin. It was cool. And I just never, uh, like, I, I was like, I'm a believer, but I'm not a practicer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like it, but I'm yeah. not, I don't, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, and the thing is, like, you make time for things you really want to do. And I guess I just didn't want to do it that bad, you know? Yeah. I do, like, old lady yoga with my mom on Mondays. And we, like, there's a relaxing thing that you do at the end, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I really like. So I try to meditate during that Mm -hmm, portion. mm -hmm. And I have an app that I do, like, when I feel, like, crazy Mm -hmm, and stressed out. mm -hmm, And I'll, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's helpful just to, like, not worry for like two minutes mm-hmm. if you can like if the, you're wor- the, a worrier the thing that really struck me about the the technique was that when he was the guy would guide us through um and this is stuff you can do in your head that you don't have to have a man telling you but i needed it because i never done it he mm-hmm. started he started going through like you know like you know focus on this part of your body and this part of your body and now and, and he was basically identifying that which distracts you and it was like if you have you know like if you had a, like okay. say like you had a, a, a thought in your head like oh I have this worry you know my my car's parked out there I wonder if I had put enough quarters in it he's like once you identify and like consciously identify that that's like a thought or a worry you can dismiss it because you're now conscious of it like you're outside of it as opposed to it like actually bother, bothering you and so you start to like one by one like dismiss these things and then there's like physical stuff like you might feel like an itch in your foot while you're doing this. <laughs> and it's like, once you identify the itch, you can dismiss it. And it like, it goes away for real until the point where like, you don't feel anything in your body or your mind. And you're like, like you don't know, have any sense of time going by or anything. It's like, it was really freaking worked. And I was stunned. I was like, this really works, but you have to really do it. Else it's not, you know, as mm-hmm. soon as you half-ass it, you're, you're, you're blowing it because you can't half-ass it. You have to completely do it. <laughs> Anyway, like it was, just, yeah, it was amazing. I don't know if like, I could do it like hardcore like that. Yeah, like but... being able to dismiss everything like that was fascinating. I was like, holy cow. Like I can't, I, like, mm-hmm. I've, you know, there's literally nothing in my mind. Nothing's <laughs> distracting me. And then that's when stuff would come up from your subconscious that would really like freak you out. Like, whoa, I never even thought about blah, blah, blah. Like it would just, you know, because everything's out of the way, you know. Anyway, it was, it was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And that's why he does. I, and that's why I he always does just it. find it relaxing. And that's why he does it because he'll go on these like meditation retreats every like once a year, and they're really hardcore where you're doing it all day and you're not talking to anybody and it's really really serious. And he always comes out of those with like amazing ideas and stuff. He, it's part of the it's part of his process of like you know coming up with stuff because he's like probably because he's so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go go go. Mm-hmm. He needs to get that. He really needs like, to. Yeah, he needs clean, it hard. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, he needs it really bad, so that's cool. Anyway, so interesting. That's the subject of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think it would be boring or annoying to listen to a Weezer podcast, being who you are? Um, it would depend on what it was. I remember years ago, there's there's a station in Toronto 
CFNY, and they have this thing. I think he still does it. This is guy Alan Cross, and this is before podcasts were even a thing. But he had this like probably weekly show called The Ongoing History of New Music, and every week he had it was an episode that he'd talk about whatever artist and get into their history and what happened. And those were always great. And then one time he did Weezer, and I was fascinated because I was like, I want to hear what this guy has to say of Weezer. Plus, he's reaching like four million people in Canada right now. I want to hear what he has to say. And he got some stuff wrong, which was great because I emailed him later and said, like, well, you know, I just want to let you know that this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. Like, it was a great show, but, you know, these things were a little inaccurate. And it made me realize, you know, like, like, why do I know so much about this stuff? Like, this is, like, really, like, it's kind of sick in a way. Like, how did I know that these things were, like, these little stupid details were incorrect? But I was, I listened to that with rapt attention because I just wanted to hear what he said about the story and, like, the history and stuff. If it was a podcast of say people like arguing over the merits of this song or that song. I don't know if I'd, if I'd be that into it because I don't know if like opinions like that would carry weight with me so much. It's like, like, okay, some people feel this, some people feel that, you know, what are we, what are are we getting at here? But anybody that was Mm -hmm. getting into like deeper stuff or song meaning or song structure or recordings information, it'd be, that would be pretty interesting. You know, when you get into like the, the nuts and bolts of it, I'm not trying to pass any, prejudgment on what you guys do at all because i you know I, i'm sure it's all great i just just talking very abstractly here no it's a it's a i asked there's a because i'm in a podcast group because i just like podcasting and uh, there's a guy who actually like studies music and i wanted to get him on as a guest so we could kind of like really analyze one of the like super riversy like detailed songs and um I was thinking about doing the greatest man mm. that, that ever lived yeah. for that show. Like, is there another one that you think would be good for that subject? Like to get crazy on like the setting of the music aspect. Well, that's definitely the craziest one, but um, I think you should do work. On, you could do future scope trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's some, there's some heavy stuff going on there musically. Um, I love me some future. scope tr- yeah. trilogy. Um, also from that record, there's a couple pretty intense songs like i mean foolish father's pretty uh, it's got it's got some really cool stuff going on in it um i think you should uh, i mean obviously everybody's raves about pinkerton i i would think about there's some very some very musical stuff that's pretty advanced in both falling for you and um across the sea like it's they're pretty they're not simple songs you know there's a lot going on there so those would be my suggestions i guess and Pinker, Pinkerton's very interesting. It's very different from any other. It's got its own individual sounds, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like starts and finishes to all the songs. And yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. Thank you. That was a random question. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you don't really listen to podcasts, do you? Or do you listen to any podcasts? I really don't. I, 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 all my friends always suggest ones to me, and I'm sure they're great. I've, I've heard some in cars, like somebody was playing one that where I was driving with them and stuff. And I, it's like, I, this is all good. Like I have no, nothing against any of it. It's just I never sit down and devote time to it. Not yet anyway. It's, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just, I just like my, my lifestyle doesn't <laughs> probably cause you don't live in LA. Well, it's, yeah, it's that. And it's good. like, I just, you know, I always feel like I'm just busy and I just, I just don't sit down and like listen like that. Yeah. But I'd like to, I mean, I'm sure there's some good ones I want to hear. I, li- I listen to podcasts like on the way to work mm-hmm. cause I drive an hour. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. 
when we were working on the house. If I commuted more often, I'd probably get into it more because there'd be like these times where like they're just you got to fill it with something. And I I love music, but there's also that, so that'd probably be what I would do. Yeah, music, or there's also like audiobooks or whatever right, you're into. Right, right. My my last question mm-hmm. was the this. There's always a Bob Marley tapestry <laughs> up when you guys are in your green room. I think is what you call it. So I was curious. <laughs> What's the story behind that guy? You know, the, the tapestries in um, in his room have been the same for several years now. Like they travel with this, and they <laughs> they come out of the case and they get put up. And I think he did have a little phase where he was like checking out reggae and stuff for a while. Um, he had a couple little phases like that over the last couple of tours. Like there, there was a there was a point where he was only listening to kind of like almost like punk music, which is really not like him usually. And reggae is definitely not in his usual wheelhouse. I think it was just like, I want colorful, you know, like, I think it was like put up stuff that you'd see in a dressing room, like these kind of like, you know, trippy things. So you can get these on Amazon, like these like big tapestries that just look like all like tripped out or, you know, spaced out or whatever. So he got, he just, that's what they found. And he, he's like, that's good. You know, I don't think he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Bob Marley, you know, but he's, you know, he appreciates that he's a great songwriter and everything. It's just, uh, he's not, you know, he's not normally a reggae listening dude. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I would not have guessed that. Well, I wouldn't have guessed that you guys were like, you know, backstage smoking a dube, but right. I figured that maybe there was like some kind of it, it start, I think it started. Like, yeah. Like, who doesn't like Bob Marley? No, he's, it's one of those things like, I don't think he listens to him much, but he's acknowledges that he's great, but he just, it just ended, it was just like a good tapestry to have on the wall. It just gives the vibe of like, all right, we're backstage now, that kind of thing, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's probably better than like the gross, dirty walls that are oh, in there. Yeah, and anything's whatever. better than freaking like, you know, basketball team locker room walls and stuff like that. <laughs> All right. Um, I really like watching video capture device still. Um, it always gives me a good laugh. And I was really disappointed I wasn't able to talk to you much at uh, uh, Carl's Corner during the last tour. I just really wanted to ask you about all the crazy stuff you'd seen at shows throughout the years. One of the coolest things um, I've really come to appreciate is uh, your photos. Um, I'm a photographer and I really, you know, I've, I've come to enjoy the concert concert photography when I've been able to do it. So uh, just by seeing the photos that you've been taking at shows, it really inspired me to get out there and go take some concert photos. I also think it's pretty cool how you give us hints about releases and stuff early and organizing meet and greets um, whenever you guys can. So uh, hopefully I get to get uh, I get to meet you and uh, the guys soon. Have co-host questions. Yes. Sue Ann. So she actually wrote two pages of questions, and I was like, okay, let's see, <laughs> let's see what we got here. <laughs> Pinkerton Diaries. Everybody wants to know, like, what happened to the website? It's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be more? Is it done? I don't know if the website's coming back. Honestly, I don't also know if the book is sold out or not officially. It probably is, but um, 
Yeah, as far as I know, there's no plans to reprint it at this point. But with Weezer, I never say never. Like, you never know. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So we missed our chance. Well, for now. I mean, I, I, I imagine, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible with Weezer. Uh, it's just, again, if it's not in River's radar at this moment, it's not going to happen currently. But it could be later, you know. Okay. So we all really, really, really want to cruise. But let's say that nobody else wants to make a cruise happen or let a cruise happen. Um, what about like a camping or some other kind of like resort thing? I know like Foo Fighters did that Cal Jam thing. Right, like, right. what do you, what does Weezer think about that? Um, or Crush? I think Rivers is originally the one that sort of talked up a camp idea. And I think that and even a cruise are not impossible. It's like, this isn't a band that has like red lines. We won't do this and we won't do that. It really, there really aren't hardly any of those. I mean, maybe there's a few that I can't think of right now, but those aren't on that list. I think if it's something where, you know, somebody, it, it gets proposed by a professional firm, like we can do this for you. We can put you here. This is how it's going to be. You know, do you want to do this? It's a matter of, you know, if everything looks right and the, the band has time to do it, they would never just automatically turn something down. It would be, it would be considered at least, you know, and that goes for a third cruise too. It's like, nobody's saying I'll never do it. It's just that, you know, there was some uh, missed expectations, at least the second time around. And, you know, everybody had fun. It was like, well, let's just put this on the shelf for now and we'll talk about it some other time. And it just hasn't been talked about since. It's just a, you know, it would have to be a, a, a really good proposal that everybody was behind and they had the time to do it. And, you know, that would, that's what it would take. <laughs> that the worlds would have to align. Yeah. It's really, it's, yeah, it's really nobody saying, no, I'll never do that. Like that's, that's not true at all. Not, not, not at all. Okay. So we just have to like collectively plan a cruise <laughs> and submit the idea to <laughs> right. rivers right. via Twitter. Right. And no, <laughs> um, so we get a fan club app. That's really cool. Who, like, yeah, it's, can you it's tell coming. us anything about it? It's coming soon. It's it's basically Are you testing it's, it. Yes, we're, we're we're testing it. It's it's it doesn't have a ton of features currently, but the idea is that as we go forward, we'll expand it. We'll make it do. They'll have features that will cross over into stuff that happens at shows, maybe, and like there'll be there'll be ways to use it, you know. But the main thing is is it's going to be a direct way to get fans, well, members of the club, unique pre-sale codes for, for shows so that we stop having people freak out when something goes on sale. And it's like, wait a minute, where all the tickets go? Like that kind of BS. It's like, it's much more controlled because it's like everybody mm. gets their own code. It's going to work. You know what I mean? Like you guys have heard the first access and you know, then once you guys are done, it goes on to the other sales or and whatever. And the scalpers can go take up all the whatever, right, robot right. tickets. And this has worked really well. The, the, the idea came about initially, a company came to us. And they're the same company that actually runs the VIP room uh, last summer in, in the spring. They also have a division that kind of does this digital stuff. And they said, you know, do you want to adapt your fan club to have an app? And I was like, sounds good. Tell me, you know, tell me why I should do this. And they said, well... Don't you think that most kids are on their phone all day and wouldn't you want to have an app on your phone? I was like, 
yes, I would like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> and it all started from there. It was like, okay, no, you tell us what you want your app to do, and we'll try to make it happen. And so that's where it's been going since then. So, you know, so the pre-sale thing was kind of like, well, obviously it has to have that. And the thing about it is it's going to be an app for everybody. Like, it's going to be a free app, except you can't get pre-sale codes and you can't get certain things unless you're a member of the fan club and it will have a way to sign up for the fan club within the app. And if you're already a member, which there's, you know, several thousand of people that are currently members, everybody's grandfathered into it for life, just the way they are currently lifetime members. So whereas the app for new people will be a month, uh, a yearly renewal. If they want to stay in it, they'll get a, a, a push 